Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right! All right! This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus, Fox Sports Radio. iHeartRadio app. Getting you ready for a weekend. NBA draft has come and gone, and I wanted to offer up a critique. I did. Um, here's the deal. The NBA draft is really, really, it is a monster. It's a monster. And I use Monster because I'm going to the Monster tonight to see a concert at Fenway Park. How was that? How was that with the accent? Not bad. I, it's getting better. It's getting better. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to go see Darius and uh, Darius Rucker and Kane Brown at Fenway Park tonight. So kind of fired up. Uh, been to Fenway. Never been to a concert at Fenway. Anyway, um, you know, in the radio show, we talked about some of the picks and what fits and what doesn't. But But I'll offer this up as a... Constructive criticism. Uh, It's really hard to do the NBA draft because, well, the NBA wants NBA people on the NBA draft and NBA people don't know, care, give a shit about college basketball or especially about, you know, overtime elite or, you know, they they know Victor Webinyama, but don't know a lot of the international guys. And it becomes kind of a mess. I like that ESPN did two different broadcasts. And it does say what people think of network TV, that the network TV broadcast was basically like a draft infomercial, right? Let's just do fluff piece, fluff piece. Here's who they are. Here's a pick. Offer up some opinion that, that's very bland because it doesn't come from a, lot, a basis of knowledge. And let's get on about our day. Right? Whereas ESPN was supposedly much more insider stuff. But you, you put people in positions to fail when it's not something they do on a daily basis. And the NBA is in a hard spot because the NBA draft is something I I love doing, but it's also like a promotional tour to get you excited 
about buying season tickets to watch your favorite team play. That's what it's for. But nobody knows who these guys are. And then you, when fans don't know who they are, and uh, then you have analysts who people don't know who the analyst is, or the analysts don't know who the players are, it's hard. And the reason the NFL works uh, is obviously games are once a week, and most of them are on Sundays. It's easier for fantasy football. It's easy to bet on. That's one reason. But the reason the NFL draft works is because we've seen all these guys for three, four, even five years, and we have a and you know nobody goes overseas to play. No, there's no overtime elite. There's no G League Ignite. They play. We watch them grow. We know how they play. And up until recently, most stay at the same school for two, three, four, five years. I mean, how many players that were drafted last night have you seen play basketball? How many? Exactly. You're talking about a very small... That's why everybody's like, you gotta draft Jordan Hawkins. And I like Jordan Hawkins a lot. A lot. But the reason that Jordan Hawkins became like, man, you gotta have Jordan Hawkins, you got... Is because people saw him play. Because they played six games in March and won a national championship. That's it. You know? That's it. Uh, I'll also point this out. Yes, it, it has to look bad for... Juwan Howard, that he has two players taken, uh, his son taken really early in the draft, and uh, and uh, Buffkin was taken early in the draft as well. And then they had the number one transfer in the country, and they didn't win shit last year. Uh, a couple things. One, success in college has never been a precursor for success in the NBA, but generally when you have two pros on your team, you win in college. It also points out the need for Great guard play. They just didn't have great guard play. And nothing screams at, hey, we need better guard play, because if you don't have great guard, point guard play, you look like a bad coach more than Juwan Howard. That's the reality to it. But the other part, and it's very important, is just like Oscar Shibway as player of the year and wasn't drafted when he finally came out, that is not being a great player and scorer in college is not in any way a prerequisite of being a great scorer in college in the pros. So you got to think that being a an average player in college is not necessarily a prerequisite. Most guys do. They're a star on their level before they advance. Some are not. Some are not. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Let's first... Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to what the Fox says. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Every day here in the bonus podcast in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, we play for you a portion of a previous show. This is Dan Patrick and uh, former NBA player turned analyst Jamal Crawford talking about Victor Webinyama. He's a unicorn. Dan, have you seen anything like him? No. I, I Ralph Sampson comes to mind. That, yes, that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, so Ralph was similar, but he didn't have the handle or the range. But he, he was a different 7-4 than we had ever seen before in the league. Yeah, he's like a combination of guys. And, and what I love is, is when you talk to him or you listen to him, his focus is there. And I'm not sure he could have went to a better place in San Antonio. Obviously, Pop is the man. And and having Duncan and Manu and Tony and David Robinson, all these great guys over the years, I'm sure have a great system in place uh, to develop. But if I'm a veteran guy, I'm going to say, young fellow, we're going to put our head down. We're going to work. Don't let your highs get too high or your lows too low. This is We're just going to continue to work and continue to work and keep doing that. You'll be special. But how do I use him on the court, on the offensive end? I think – he kind of determines that. What's he ready for? Is he ready to go on the perimeter? Is he ready to play out the mid post? Is he ready to handle the ball and pick and roll? 
I think that's how I'm looking at him because he's so unique with such a skill set. It's about which one's ahead of which first in the pros because it's going to be a little bit different for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really an issue, right? I mean, um, he's not a great shooter yet, but it's going to improve. Um, he's obviously not a great post player yet just because of strength. I mean, it just the, the old days of throwing a guy down at the block and throwing him the basketball are gone anyway. So it's not really that big an issue. And I don't know. I mean, like, it, a lot's going to, they need a point guard. Um, but I think you'll use him in screen roll and throw it to the rim where he can finish. And obviously, he can do piston pick and pop stuff. This is kind of a, it's a wash year anyway. I mean, you think about it, how many of, the best players, not named LeBron James, have kind of redshirted that first year uh, anyway. right? I mean, Joel Embiid did. Obviously, that was because of injury. Blake Griffin did, also because of injury. But we've had plenty of guys come and, and use it as a year of strength and kind of figuring it out. And I think that's what it is with San Antonio. Like, the expectations are not playoffs this year anyway, so it's trial and error. And the other part to it is, um, I I think... You're going to have to find like a legit five and you'll play him at some four. Yeah, you, know, you figure it out as you, as you go. I don't, I don't think this is that complex a situation where you have to figure out exactly how to use him right away because the expectations of San Antonio are so low and, frankly, the West is so tough. Here's Jonas Knox and LeVar Arrington, show called Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. They had this exchange about the war of the words, war of words between the Bengals and the Chiefs. I'm not trying to manufacture anything. There is clearly a rivalry, and it's a rivalry that didn't exist three years ago. I'll I'll give you that. We are watching a rivalry be born. You know how many tired rivalries there are in the NFL? I'll get. I'll definitely 100% give you all facts on that. We that need is a rivalry. this, LeVar. We need a damn rivalry in the NFL. The Bears. Well, they better Bears Packers Joe is, Burrow. The Bears Packers isn't a rivalry anymore. The Packers have been. Uh, the Bears have been their doormat for 20 years now. Like all hey, these what, what, tired what rivalries. Pat, uh, what if your boy Joe Burrow ends up in? You know, I've been thinking about this, right? What if your boy Joe Burrow ends up in Dallas after this year? What, what if some way, somehow, he he ends up leaving Cincinnati because he's not signable because they can't afford it, and you see the first biggest contract over Deshaun Watson, and it's because they've unloaded Dak Prescott and brought in one uh, Joe Burrow. Okay. If – the it would Cincinnati- totally destroy. It would totally destroy the rivalry because I, then I Cincinnati would. would go back to being, you know, bad again. I, I know it would, but that would be the worst decision the city of Cincinnati's ever made since they started <laughs> putting chili on ramen noodles. I, I'm I'm going to recuse myself from this because otherwise, and I like Lavar, but like, where's Joe Burrow going? <laughs> like, there, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's really interesting. Very interesting. You'll get people who will say, hey, Cincinnati's cheap or whatever. Like, did we not remember they gave Carson Palmer the biggest contract ever? Now, he got hurt the very next game. Actually, happened twice in his career. Where he got the biggest contract in the history of sport and then got hurt the very next game. Happened in Arizona as well. So, um, and oh yeah, by the way, Joe Burrow's not a free agent. You know, like, quarterbacks on a rookie contract are not, not a free agent. So... In regards to his rivalry, yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's a rivalry, and the NFL will be smart to play them against each other every year. They're not in the same division, so it's a little bit hard. But I I don't know. I just 
this is the kind of bullshit that I guess gets people through their summer, and I struggle to give it an absolute shit about. My quarterback's better than your quarterback. Uh, 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 okay. Sure. Whatever. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the Warriors trading Jordan Poole. Did you see who the Warriors then drafted last night? Brandon Podzimski. He's Clay Thompson. West Coast kid, non-traditional basketball power, who can shoot and play immediately. So they could bring back for the season Clay and Staff and Peyton and Moody and the new kid in Chris Paul. Six guards, 50% of the roster for a team that felt too small last year. Really? This is why I think I would trade Clay Thompson. They just drafted Clay Thompson. Healthier, younger, can shoot. Kid's a great shooter. So GM Bob Myers, the architect to all this stuff, left. He had loyalties to a lot of these players. Mike Dunleavy Jr. does not. Maybe I'm wrong, but Chris Paul doesn't necessarily fit the Warriors. He's a plodding mid-range player, likes to walk it up the floor. The Warriors are all about speed and motion and threes. It doesn't fit, right? But it does if you're going to move Steph Curry off ball occasionally and then draft Clay's replacement. Oh, that's what they're going to do, I think. I mean, do you need Steph at two, Clay at two, and the new kid at two? How about one big that can score on the whole roster? Pazinski uh, is not uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, he's not, there's, there's not a lot of, outside of the fact that um, uh, he's not actually even a West Coast kid, but he he did play on the West Coast with Santa Clara at I guess a non traditional power. That that part is accurate. Uh, I don't I don't love that pick because I thought Chris Murray being right there would have been a smarter pick because they need size and defensive versatility. But I do like Budzinski. Uh a little bit of a reach, but he had an outstanding year uh, for Herb Sendick, and Herb Sendick has done a really good job in getting guys ready to play to be pros. I mean, look what he did with. Uh, with Jalen Williams going back to last year, um, but I what what they did, okay? What they did was they they're getting them. Here's what the Warriors did. And we talked about this on the radio show. Like it, it's there's two parts to it. One, they had to clear out space for this year's salary cap. Two, they had to position themselves for future years' salary cap. Right, so. Uh, all they did was restart the clock on a couple of guys. And Pazinski, for example, is he restarts the clock on other guys that are, were going to get paid. They get rid of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole hadn't yet been paid. I know he signed an extension before last season, but it didn't go into effect until this coming year. So for four years of Jordan Poole, they paid $10 million. That That like triples this coming season. So, yeah, there's other reasons they got rid of Jordan Poole. Other than money, but money is the main driver. And most of what they did was about money. And then just trying to find exactly how they wanted to shape their roster together. And I would say that the the mistake would be, yeah, I mean, people didn't love Cam Whitmore. I heard Cam Whitmore's medicals were a little bit of a mess. So if you're not, if you're concerned about his medicals and, you know, you come from a program in uh, Villanova that seemed to have guys with incredible attitudes and his was not considered to be incredible. All right, fine. Go to Chris Murray, whose brother had a very good year and he may not be as good as his brother, but he's not far off. He's a tremendous player and he he's very much on an upward trajectory. That would give them size. But 
there just wasn't a lot of quality size in the draft. There, there weren't little dudes in the draft, but there also weren't fives in the draft. Like those guys are you know, hard to come by. And my guess is they go and find a way to uh, move some pieces around. I mean, they still have, is Andrew Wiggins the piece that they move in order to fill out their roster? It feels like a yes to me. But I don't think you're searching for Clay's replacement in the late, in the 20s in the NBA draft. I, I think th- there's a money element to it, and that's a big driver behind what they did. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's find out who is annoying. And now, it's your annoying. Hey, Doug, so um, I'm not sure which broadcast you watched last night. I watched the ESPN one. I, okay. I have no desire to watch. We, we talked a little bit in the open here about the ABC and ESPN yeah. broadcast. Uh, I, watched, I watched the ESPN one. I was watching the ABC one, thinking I was watching the ESPN one, and not knowing that they were providing two different broadcasts for, for basically two different audiences. The ABC broadcast, very, very kind of, I guess, uh, bare bones. It was Stephen A. and someone else just riffing on every pick. Um, but anyways... I did notice one thing. Wait, I know- Stephen A. was riffing on picks? <laughs> yeah, he was just riffing on picks, yeah. Um, Here's, can I just give you one thing on Stephen A. That, that's always frustrated me? That he's this never- is called You're Annoying. you got to give yeah, me something yeah. annoying. Here's why Stephen yeah. A. is fucking annoying, that he has the opportunity. And, and this, there are other people that have gotten opportunities like this. Like, look, I used to do the draft on ESPN Radio. I did it for a decade. Okay, and... Um, you know, when when Kristaps Porzingis came out and they had and Justice Winslow was in the draft, he killed the Knicks, killed them, crushed them. And because they didn't draft Justice Winslow, this is a real thing. Go ahead and look it up. Crushed them. And it it's it struck me as and I, I have I talked to some people who were at the Porzingis workout and I talked to people and they were like, bro, he's he's really good. Really, really good. And then he killed it. And my issue wasn't that he didn't think Christos Przingis was good or going to be good. It was that the workout was in New York. He lives in New York. And he didn't go to the workout, nor did he talk to anybody. He just winged it. And so, like, he doesn't watch college basketball. He doesn't go to workouts. I don't know who he talks to. So, but, but he's such a huge name that his uh, opinions resonate in, in the in the marketplace, and I think it's just a shitty thing to talk about kids that you're not willing to actually do the work. Anyway, go ahead. I love that. Um, and that, by the way, that's not the first time on this podcast we we've said I've said it more than you that he he often doesn't put in the work. He talks out of his ass. So when he says that what differentiates him from all the hot talkers is his journalistic no, background. No, that's fucking bullshit. He's, he's I mean, bullshit. That's the, here's, here's the part that, that's bullshit, okay? Now, I do think that he has built-in relationships where, and and he's not one of these guys that, uh, and this is, and we can get also into other people in sports biz or whatever, but, you know, it's like, look, he covers sports, he talks about it, he's around it. He yes, he has a life, but it's mostly a life built around sports. So I do respect the relationships that he has. But in specific cases like this where it is not in your purview 
uh, 364 other days to offer opinions that you actually don't know dick about. Like, that's, that's a really shitty thing to do. And there are plenty of guys who do plenty of work who deserve plenty of attention on that, that day. I'm talking about guys that, that watch, study, love the NBA draft that work for ESPN. You don't have to reach outside of the, outside of the mouse ears. And they don't get a shot because he wants to do it because he wants to be the face of everything. And like, yeah, the work ethic thing is bullshit. Like showing up for the show is not working. That's to, that's showing up to your job. You know, it's what do you do the rest of the time? I, my question is, do we think Stephen A. Smith has a synergy account that he's actually used? Do you know what synergy is? Why, why am I foggy on that? What is that? Synergy is a company and a program that I, mean, I have on all my devices um, where you can watch literally Every play, any player beyond high school in the Division One playing overseas, NBA players, you can watch anything they do. Like, do I want to watch Kristaps Porzingis every play he's involved in screen roll? I simply go to Kristaps Porzingis, I press pick and roll, and I can watch everything he does. It gives you a stat as to how good he is at screen roll, pick and pop, pick and roll, pick and short roll, whatever. And then it shows you, you can clip and watch all the videos. Literally, it could not be any easier. Okay. Now, your opinion, it can be based upon a lot of things. Like, I don't think watching Synergy is the only way to get an opinion. Sometimes Synergy can skew your opinion because you're watching, you're not watching games and you don't get a sense of time, score, and how they play. But you can break it down into when they do, what they do, why they do. I'm, I would guess, and we called the guys from Synergy, I would guess they go, oh, yeah, he's got an account. Has he activated it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. So during this broadcast, um, I noticed a common theme in the answers provided when Monica McNutt sits down with the families and the players. They, she asks pretty much the same questions to them. And the first one is, you know, you've worked your entire life to get to this point. What's going through your mind? And I noticed I noticed a similar answer with the families and the players, Doug. I'm feeling uh, incredible right now. Surreal. Words can't describe it right now. Oh, my gosh. The words cannot describe how proud I am. I mean, it's really hard to put it into words, but, like, right now, I, I don't even know really how I feel. It's just like a surreal feeling. This is just, like, amazing. There are no words to really express how I'm feeling. Here's the problem with that answer. Um, you're on live TV. And you have a microphone in your hand. So it's a requisite for you to have words. Um, how about this? In your in your draft prep, when you've been working out with teams and meeting with your agent and going over all the specifics, you probably had a ton of downtime on your hands. Why not put a few minutes into thinking about what you're going to say when you're asked this inevitable question? And instead of saying, I have no words, be like, you know what? And then just use your, like, your, I don't know, I guess articulation of your feelings and maybe organize your thoughts. Like, it's such a lazy answer to me because I think that they think they're sounding smart and original, but they come off as just lazy. Um, and I wish that a, somebody in a media, media training capacity or their agency or, you know, CAA, if, if, if you're rep by CAA or Bartlestein or any of these people at Priority Sports, they have media people on staff to tell you how to answer these questions. It just frustrates me. And then every single player, when asked, 
you know, what kind of a player are the uh, Pelicans fans getting? A guy that's going to show up and work hard. A guy that's going to show up and work. That That's another cliched answer that took zero thought. I'm just annoyed by that, Doug, that not more thought has been put into these answers. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, that's not my level. My level of annoyance is I, I don't think – I don't think that's a role for Monica McNutt. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being serious. Like, does she do? She doesn't know the, these players. She doesn't, you know, like you can't. He, here's the issue that I thought ESPN had. We talked about this a little bit in the open of the podcast is you're putting people in a position to fail when they're covering athletes that they don't have a background in covering or in knowledge of or even necessarily a sport that they that they're a known commodity of so there's not a right like you have i mean honestly Andrea Carter that's what she should be doing instead of giving analysis on picks she was we talked about this a little bit she was very smooth in what she said and how the producers dialed up videos to it but she didn't really know it and it's kind of putting her in an impossible situation it's it's the it's the Jessica Mendoza, right? Like Jessica Mendoza was a great player and she had worked the Little League World Series for a couple of years and they put her in baseball. Next thing you know, she's in Sunday Night Baseball. So she doesn't have the reference points that it's required uh, for that spot. It's it's not an anti-woman, right? Like Holly Rowe would be amazing in that position because I would say, you know, what, five out of the ten players played college basketball – also, by the way, I don't know how people know, she actually works in for the Utah Jazz. Like, why didn't Holly Rowe do those interviews? She knows the NBA better. She's a better interviewer. She knows college basketball. She covers college basketball as a sideline reporter. That's her role. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it's like one of those things. And I, and I know how this happened. One of the things you have to do, and this sometimes is not on Monica, it's on whoever her producer was, who's right there, is you have to say no. Like, sometimes you have... Um, Derek Lively, for example, you absolutely have his mom there because his dad passed away because he said, she's my superhero, right? That's a great interview, but you don't, you have to be able to go like, Hey, we're not going to have every fucking parent up there. Sorry. That's not, this is not the, the, the parent teacher conferences. That's not what this is. Sometimes in a rare instance, when it works, we'll put them up there. Many times we won't, right? Because that's it's not what they're there for. They're there for eye candy. Right? They're there for eye candy. Get up, hug the girlfriend, hug the brother, hug the sister, thank the mom, thank the dad, thank Jesus, and now you go out and you answer some questions. So, again, I'm not blaming, I can't blame somebody's mom or somebody's dad for not being able to answer questions. They don't go through media training. They're not athletes. Then I mean, some, some of them were. But this, this is, honestly, it's all on ESPN. And I know it's not easy because it's live TV and you, you got to say no and you're going to piss somebody off. But there's a way to do it. You've been that guy, Jason. You've been the guy that's like, mm, yeah, it doesn't work. We're not going to do it. You got to find a way to do it. And that was the part that they, they missed on. All those points are, are very well taken. Um, last one. And it sounds like John's got... John's got to take two on this, and hopefully he'll be willing to share. Mike Dunleavy Jr. Now, John's annoyance is his credentials to get that job, and I'll, I'll let him articulate that. But uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr., um, what, a week ago at his introductory press conference, said this about Jordan Poole. We love having those guys here. Jordan, especially with his contract extension, plan to have him here for four more years at least. 
So the, this, there's two words that I have a problem with in that. Um, if he would have not said at least, to me, at least is the cruel and unusual part. You know, like sometimes when you're like levying a sentence for a criminal or if you're determining something in a divorce case or whatever, you come to that point where you're like, you know what? You didn't have to do that shit. That was cruel and unusual. That was, that was, if he would have just stopped, we'd love to have Jordan here for the extent of his contract. That would be bullshit, typical lies that we're used to hearing from executives in an introductory role. But to say at least, Doug, at least that's cruel and unusual to Jordan and to the fan base because not only are we going to have him here for four years but at least four years and then within six days you've traded him I don't know I mean why, why do you take like what so what could he have said stopped before at least he's here for four years and we're looking forward to having him do not say at least four years, because that, that to me is just the cruel and unusual part. Now, John, you have a problem with Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s credentials. Well, I don't have, I, it's not a problem with him. It's just, I don't know. Make even, sure you, first of all, make sure you adjust the <laughs> mic know, before on. you yeah, get on there. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know where, where he came from. I mean, I'm just happening to quickly look at something here, and it says his last game was in 2017. So in 1892, four or five years, he went from a player to the general manager of an NBA team. That's pretty fast. He must be a very, very, very innate or intuition or whatever it is, uh, NBA uh, person. Uh, is that quick for you, Doug, or is that uh, normal? Um, well, I mean, part of it is you got to note the trend. Uh, James Jones of the Suns has done this. Elton Brand uh, uh, with the 76ers, th- th- there have been several others, uh, but uh, no, it's 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 not quick. Usually, um, usually, John's it's, it's not quick. When, when he when he retired, he was a scout, um, and then the very next year he was assistant general manager, and then two years later he was uh, vice president of basketball operations, um, and then uh, he went from that to to general manager and. Oh yeah! By the way, his dad has been uh, a player, exactly, a, a, an assistant coach, a coach, um, and then I, I think he's had a front office career as well. So no, I don't think. I, I think you're on Ramos Island on this one. I think John. Usually, when John has a beef about something, it's about one of three things: uh, nepotism. Ne- John doesn't like nepotism. Athletes who get jobs with no experience. God, he hates that. And anything that has to do with Jeff Saturday, but which kind of includes that second. John, is that, so, is well, that, give me uh, okay. Let, let's let's use this. Let's use a radio. Let's use I mean, a radio Steve, analogy. Steve, Steve Kerr was general manager of the of the Phoenix Suns, and he Absolutely. had no front office experience at all. Okay. Now he had he had left playing and went into uh, he went. I think he went in the financial world and came from the financial world to being a general manager. Now, uh, I'm with, not with the Suns. Doug, I'm not saying that it can't be done. I'm not saying that 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 you can't hire these people. I'm just saying that it's odd to me. I'm just trying, let's use radio as an example. So, let's say I was an intern uh, in 2017. Do you think in five years I'd be the general manager of Fox Sports Radio? Um, okay, so wait, no, this, this is a good question. This is a good question. You're you want to compare it? That's well, I'm, I'm if, not, I don't know if it's an exact on, comparison. Stop fucking talking, and I'll answer your question. Okay, <laughs> like you asked the question, and then you're you're answering a question for because you're not making a a comp. Here's the fair comp. Okay, um, I've been doing this for twenty years. 
Okay? My dad was not a radio guy. We listened to radio, but, uh, you know, like, it's not like I'm Jim Rome's son, okay? Um, but if I were to quit what I'm doing, okay, and become like the fifth guy in charge, in five years, do I think I could be the general manager of Fox Sports Radio? You're fucking right. I do believe so. Oh, I think you could. I don't know okay, if you so should that's, be. Okay, so that's the... Why not? <laughs> why not? Oh, yeah, I, but, and, by, and, and oh, yeah, by the way, like, look, here's, here's the deal. Like, even in sports radio, I get it. Like, dude, you got to go to a small market and work your way up or whatever. Sorry, dude, I skipped those steps. I, I was in a small market for one year in Oklahoma City. One year. And by the way, I didn't actually even get my job. Uh, Bruce Gilbert, who's, you know, used to run Fox Sports Radio, used to run ESPN Radio. Like, he didn't even know that I did local radio when he hired me. That wasn't even part of the deal. It's that I did the NBA draft 20 years ago. So, I, like, dude, I get it that everybody's pat. It's not fair that people skip steps. Totally understand. Okay? But you got to understand. And this is this is the, the real. We talked about this in the open. We're talking about women in broadcasting. Like, well, your here, here's an example, John. Your childhood, you told me, was one of the great memories of your childhood was you, your dad, and your mom going to Dodger Stadium, right? Correct. What's that? You, your dad, and your mom used to go to Dodger Stadium together once a week, or you forty games, yes, or fifty games in one correct. year, right? That's like that's one of your strong, and that's an amazing story, right? Amazing. <clears throat> okay, so my childhood is spent in a gym. My childhood was, I went to Final Fours, I went to high school games, I went to college games, I went to basketball camps, I played in basketball tournaments. I played probably a thousand games for my dad, okay? I, during my year off in between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, I practiced with the junior college and I helped the, I helped the coach, John McCluskey, my former high school coach, I, I helped the staff out, and then I helped out at my high school. Like, I, that's been my entire life. So... Um, yeah, I actually, I com I completely disagree with it from the people think it's like nepot like, yeah, I guess it's nepotism, but if that's your whole life, you're going to know a whole lot more about it than somebody who parachuted in at 22, 23 years old. Now there's different ways to go about it and different successful routes and different failures, right? Magic Johnson was an incredible basketball player. He's been bad in pretty much everything he's done around basketball ever since he was a player. And he got opportunities that he probably didn't earn because he's Magic Johnson. But on the same hand, Jerry West was amazing. Pat Riley had never coached a day in his life. Didn't want, you know, Jerry West didn't want to be the head coach. Pat Riley didn't necessarily want to be the head coach. Pat Riley took over the job and he's become one of the great coaches and then executives in the history of the league. And again, that's not the only Eric Spolstra. You want to talk about nepotism? His dad was a general manager. Now he started out in the video room, but he very quickly elevated to becoming the interim head coach of the Miami Heat. And now he's regarded as maybe the best coach in the NBA. So I think I think every story is specific unto itself. Not every path means that you're going to be good at your job. But if we're just taking Mike Dunleavy Jr., uh, not only do I disagree with you, but I think most people would disagree with you because he spent five years in the organization, so he knows the organization. He's been a player, so he knows all the players. You know, he's got the respect of the coach because he was, I believe, playing when Steve Kerr still was playing and has been around and played against him as a player. 
He grew up in Northern California, by the way. You know, I mean, the, the whole thing. Or no, he grew up in Oregon. Sorry, he grew up mostly in Oregon and then went to uh, and then and then went to Duke. He was going to go to Stanford. But the, the point is that, like, yeah, you're not you're inaccurate on this one. And uh, I love you. And it doesn't but it doesn't mean that you have to have grown up around it to be great at it. It just means that everybody's got their own path. And what prepares you for it is very, very different. I would also tell you this, and this is the real shit. Playing in the NBA, playing high-level college basketball, that prepares you 15 times more than, uh, than watching it um, even, as a, even as a video guy. You know, there's just a level to it that you have to get. Um, so th- that's where I would, I would disagree with you. So we, so we just added one. So, um, Doug, who's more annoying today? Stephen A's role... Mm. on the draft coverage, the lack of imagination and the answers, Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s use of the word at least, or John Ramos's take on Mike Dunleavy? Uh, what's most annoying? I, I, think the, I think the responses are the most annoying, right? I just think the responses are ju- just, th- that whole thing was just annoying last night. It, it go, and it goes from, and, and here's why it's annoying. Because if you say what everybody's thinking, you become the asshole, right? If you go like, dude, somebody tell the mom and dad to sit this one out, right? You become the ass. And they don't, like, then there's the, none of them are holding the mic up to their face. I, I Look, I get it. Every once in a while, there's one, but you're not watching everybody else. You don't know that you got to hold your mic. Like, wow, this is bad. Stop asking them questions if they don't know how to hold a microphone. That's annoying. Why are we doing this? Why do I... Because we can, Johnny. You know, I love you, right? I mean, this is not. This is not. A, this is just a. This is the debate that I love. I love to have. You know, because I know. Look, there are other people. I'll, I'll give you an example. By the way, um, Jason Smith. Jason Smith was. He was like a. I think he was a PA at ESPN. He was a production assistant who wanted to be on air, and Jason Smith. His route was different than mine. They like, hey, you want to be on air? Go to a small market, work your way up. And I think he went left and he did stuff like fantasy stuff with uh, with the NFL network and like worked his way up to where now he's done overnights for us for like over a decade. So there is no one path that makes you great at what you do. You just when you get that opportunity, you better be ready and better be good. Um, all right, well, uh, let's play because we can. What's what's the clip we got? Travis Kelsey was on his podcast oh, I heard with this. his brother. This is yeah, awesome. Yep. It is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for, you know, holding it down for his QB, but <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your shit, talk your shit, pimp. Just better back it up. My, my defer rule is pro-talking shit. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Jason. I'm pro-talking shit. I am too. I'm I'm pro talking shit as well. But like again, if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk, right? Like that's that was that was the great thing for so long, so long about the Seattle Seahawks, right? Is that they were they were talking shit when they were the Legion of Boom. They were talking shit to everybody, everybody. But they backed it up. They absolutely backed it up. Why can we play it for you? Well, because we can. Let's get to our pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. Uh, Pick of the day is going to be the NBA's Rookie of the Year. 
Um, I think this is just me. I think this is an easy one. Do you know who I'm going to tell you to pick for, for rookie of the year? You guys want to guess? Well, the obvious one is the number one pick, one by Yama. I've always been a, I've always been a, hey, if it's the best player, especially if they've played overseas at a high level, um, then, then by all means, that's who you should select. But Victor Webinyama is minus 180 to, to win rookie of the year, right? So I, I look at it, and I'm like, hmm, do you know what I would do? I would go down and lay odds on somebody else because you're going to get really, really good odds. Um, Chet Holmgren is plus 650, and Scoot Henderson is plus 600. Why do I like Scoot Henderson, even though I didn't love him to being drafted with LaMelo Ball? I know he's not a great shooter, and he needs to be a better defender, but he's played professional basketball for two years and has an NBA body. And it feels like the Trailblazers are trending in the way of, hey, they're going to get rid of Damian Lillard, right? They're going to trade Damian Lillard. And if they trade Damian Lillard, he gets a volume of possessions. So I think you get in now, you get Scoot at plus 600, and you, you also get Chet at plus 650, and you end up, um, um, uh, you, you end up, you end up getting really good odds on Rookie of the Year. Those are my picks of the day. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Have yourself a great weekend. I'm Doug Gottlieb. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.